Welcome to Paid in Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. Welcome to Paid in Puke Series 7, wherein we discuss every episode of Ryan Murphy's American Crime Story miniseries, Impeachment, starring Beanie Feldstein and Sarah Paulson. I'm Jessica Baxter. I'm Christina Barr. I'm Annie Malone. And today we're covering episode 9, The Grand Jury, written by showrunner Sarah Burgess and directed by Rachel Morrison, who also directed Stand By Your Man. She's primarily known as a DP. She has like 50 DP credits, including Black Panther and a personal fave, Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The plot of this episode centers around Monica and, to a lesser extent, Linda testifying to the grand jury. There are forces that have been trying to take my husband down his whole life, and I don't want them to win. I'm about to be questioned by 23 strangers, and I'm sure they already hate me. The press, they seize, attack, and drag us through the streets over nothing. They're really coming after me. Simply because I'm a cooperating witness in a federal investigation. Why did you betray Monica Lewinsky? What did we think of this episode? I mean, I was excited to see Linda again. I <laughs> Linda last yeah. episode. I'm like, I can't believe how much I love watching Linda. It does seem like Sarah Paulson is having such a good time doing <laughs> yeah. this. She's just really living in that costume. Yeah. I mean, for me, this is a point where, because, you know, I'm not in general, like, a big TV person. And this one, I feel like I've been watching the show forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, this is just me, you know, where I'm like... I kind of feel that way, too. But yeah, we haven't I, been dragging it out for... <laughs> right. But, I mean, I think if uh, I probably would have watched maybe, like, five episodes of this show on my own. But but that's not really about the show. That's more about me, how I just don't really yeah. watch TV that much. Shut up. Hot Probs is on. Oh, shit, Yeah. I feel like there was something I really didn't like. Like, I think Edie Falco is really weak on this show. I don't think she was a good choice to play Hillary. You could say, like, maybe that's someone who's just too big a known personality, but, I mean, I feel like Clive Owen does a great job doing Bill. Like, I feel like I never forget that she's Edie Falco. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like she doesn't come across. I, I don't know. I feel like she just really does not... She's just doing such a different Hillary. Like, she doesn't seem like she's doing Hillary at all. Not like that doing an impression is the, is the goal either. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Clive Owen isn't doing an impression, which is why his performance works so well. He's doing the voice, but he's really embodying Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. And we know both of them so well. And Edie Falco is like, I kind of feel like if you'd just shown a picture of her and said, who is she portraying, I would not necessarily guess Hillary Clinton. <laughs> right. Or even just, like, yeah, from a scene, if she's not in a scene with Bill. Right. She just kind of has, like, a general Washington lady book. Not necessarily specifically Hillary Clinton. There was a lot of stuff I liked about this episode. Like, I liked all the stuff, like, when the grand jury was talking to Monica. I really liked a lot of that, you know, yeah. that, um... I didn't know they could do that. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> right. The grand jury sounds like the... 
If you have to have jury duty, it seems like grand. That's the way. You want. <laughs> right. <laughs> grand appointment. Yeah. Right. The it's sweet grand gig. Yeah. Monica, about that day you just mentioned when you were approached by Mr. Emick in the OIC, can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, if I could ask, uh, what areas are you wanting to get into? Because we're already tight for time and, uh, well, you know, there were many hours of activity. Just want to know about that day. Okay, well, uh, how about we table that for now? No, and, uh, I want to hear about that. We should be able to hear about that day. Oh, let her talk. Why not? All right. Another so editorial. <laughs> well, that was, it was so interesting to see how like Monica sort of won them over, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it was like a callback to the episode where they're like a jury would fucking hate that woman about Linda, you know, and right. Yes, they did. And they totally. did. I really liked that. How? Oh, look, this is not going the way the lawyers were expecting it to go. The way Colin Hanks thought it was gonna go, you know, like yeah. oh, very yeah. to Monica. Oh my gosh, I know he's so pwned. <laughs> when Monica's like, could he step out? And right. how she just kind of casually mentions being detained, and they're like, can we ask questions about that? Yeah, We'd like uh, to know more about that. Right. Yeah, that is really a tiny, nice bit of vindication for her. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just the smallest bit based on what she's been through but yeah it is really nice it was weird like then uh like paula jones was like oh, i almost forgot she was on this show <laughs> like, oh yeah poor paula oh, i hate her husband uh, yeah i love the scene where you really see the anger she hasn't really expressed anger no. throughout this whole thing and she's finally like you don't believe me? I don't need you, basically. Well, she finally she, kind of calls it out. I was only doing this so yeah. you would believe me, and you never did. I can take this from Jay Leno and people laughing at me at Bonds, but from you, you're supposed to believe me. We are fighting to show people that he did me wrong. And, <laughs> And in reality, all, all this is, all the press conferences and all the magazines and, and the TV shows and the lawyers and more lawyers and more lawyers, it's just me trying to get you to believe me, which we both know you never did. So, you know what? If you want to say I'm stupid, well, fuck you. But most of all, if I'm stupid on one thing, it was believing that you were any more than a chicken shit asshole who cared about me at all. Yeah, and he just wants the money, and he's like, call her back, tell him to change her mind. Like, it's done, <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> yeah. Throwing out yeah. the case doesn't okay, mean... Okay, take your offer. <laughs> that is no. definitely not over. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I can put up with people making fun of me at Vaughn's, but not in my you know in my own home from you i love that we got to see her get angry you know like rightfully so while she's recovering from a nose job that she never wanted you sound pretty stupid right now with your face all broken from a nose job because i got a bad nose which i didn't even know i had until you made me do this and be on tv and people laughed at me but but I did it. Like, I always do what you say. That was really sad. Like, she's like, I, I got my nose fixed. You know, something I didn't even know was bad and yeah. 
till people started making fun of me and that was just really heartbreaking but i'm so glad she kicked him to the curb in that part yeah that scene and she's like oh you think i'm gonna ask you to stay and he really thinks like he like stands there for a few seconds yeah Fuck that guy. Like, yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. They have a kid, too. I was totally thinking about that when he's walking out the door. He's just such a piece of shit that he doesn't even say anything about their kid. or He's just like, that's it. Yeah. Ew. With Linda, the episode starts out like she's been sequestered in a hotel and like reading obsessively reading news articles about herself and you know she's making slim fast shakes in her hotel and heating up the lean cuisines and stuff and she's calling her office to get her stuff sent to her and like nobody's returning her call and it's just like this is like the grand jury episode where like supposedly it's like her time you know like people will finally hear her and it's very sad you did all she not the <laughs> not not the like grand moment it does it oh my god that 90s was not a time for a woman to be in the public eye for any reason it's no like, shit not what you know yeah, yeah. everyone's appearance is like torn apart it's on the up. news on it right like it's one thing you're talking about like randos on twitter but i mean it was just like <laughs> yeah. so vicious and ugly and it did make me feel a little bad for linda tripp when she was like reading her statement about unspeakably cool mean things about her appearance it's like mm-hmm. that's pretty fucked up yeah. yeah. To cast me in the role of the villain, they have enlisted legions of paid prevaricators. Not surprisingly, many from the entertainment industry have chosen to ridicule me as well. Going so far as to even make fun of my appearance in a manner so mean and so cruel that I pray none of you is ever subjected to it. And then there was an issue because she was such in the public eye. I guess somebody like investigated her employment forms that she had filled out and like she said she hadn't committed a crime but when she was a kid like somebody put a prank on her and made it seem like she stole something so she did have a criminal record or something there was that there was some discrepancy yeah they do acknowledge and reference some discrepancy where she was arrested and i don't know the way she describes it is what investigation (sighs) they'll be contacting you when you were hired, you affirmed on your DD-398 that you had never been arrested. Now, the New York... It was a teen home. prank! Linda. On me! The charges were dropped. Linda, you cannot lie to the Department of Defense on a security clearance form. That is a serious crime. I see. Yeah. I don't really get into it, but the way that she describes it is like, I didn't even think that mattered. That was just like a technicality, basically. Yeah. Not that like that job is anything special, but. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I was just thinking about like Linda, her whole life it, from being bullied and being made fun of for her appearance. It's just like, I do feel sad that she seems like she really doesn't like herself at all or maybe it's like she has this internal sense of like being wronged and the world has wronged me and it's I don't know it's just sad and like the way that she lives with just like the slim fast and the lean cuisines that really like makes me feel so sad yeah because there are so many women that just like don't like themselves i grew up like that with that always on my mind and just feeling like no you deserve to have 
what that means. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your life or whatever. She just doesn't. And she doesn't believe that she should. I mean, that was definitely like the idea was it was like your duty. Yeah. As a woman to diet in this way. Right. Like, this is part of being a woman, is to watch your calorie intake and try to maintain a pleasing figure. Like, that's a big part of... Right. It's just what women do. We just have to do that. Her one regular meal of the day is the continental breakfast at the hotel. Right. (laughs) And she's so angry about the waffle. I love that part. You have to rotate it. Jesus Christ. May I... No, rotate. 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 Rotate it. Yeah, and then when she gets up there, she really manhandles it. Like, I kind of want to file a restraining order on behalf of the waffle iron. She's so mad, but I'm sure, like, if she is so in her head about her calorie intake, but she's going to have this regular continental breakfast that's the free breakfast that's my right... But it's going to be this hotel waffle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's just so much going on there. There's so much. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about, like, the like the internalized misogyny she has. Oh, my God, so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, kind of overwhelming to think about. Yeah, she, like, she didn't even think about how this would affect Monica. And she's okay with Monica being portrayed as this, like, slut. You know, or... She definitely has the attitude that Monica brought it on herself. Right. Yeah. And that all she was doing was telling the truth. And Monica asked me to lie. She really just sees things so incorrectly. I think she really believes in everything she's doing. And it's just like, this is just collateral damage. You talk like this was a grave situation and harmful for Monica, right? Yes, very. But earlier we heard you encouraging her to buy him a tie for each day of the week. Because by then you were taping. I prefer to call it documenting. Why did you tape her? We'll get to that in just a little bit. I documented our phone calls because I knew I needed evidence. Evidence for what? Well, for so when I came forward. But it was a private matter. I don't think you comprehend. It was between Monica and the president. No one needed to know. Actually, this was a very young staffer in a workplace with the most senior official in that workplace making choices that were causing her severe distress. She told me on more than one occasion she wanted to kill herself. And still, the president of the United States used her to meet his needs. It was an abuse of power. Mr. I had to end it. I had to end it. I mean, the one thing she says in this episode that's, like, true when she says it was an abuse of power. It absolutely yeah. was. Like, that doesn't mean so, you know, make Monica think you're her confidant and then be taping her and all that. But I Abuse feel of like... power doesn't warrant another abuse of power. Right, right. Um, I forgot what I was saying. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I do feel like it was kind of like not great of Monica to ask her to lie to a grand jury about this, you know? Yeah. Somewhere buried in there is a true dilemma or, you know, true ethical stance that she has where it's like, what Bill Clinton did was wrong. And it did affect Paula Jones's lawsuit, you mm-hmm. know? And that's like the germ, the seed of where there's something that Linda should have done. And I think it's fine if she had just said, like, no, Monica, this is too big a thing. This is too big an ass. And that's that. And it's like, okay, Monica, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. 
you're gonna have to figure this out or if someone had been around to like give monica like real advice you know what don't protect the president like Mm -hmm. he wouldn't lift a finger for you he wouldn't you know what i mean like if someone said like i know like you're so starstruck by him don't throw your life away for this guy you are not anything to this man he shouldn't be putting you in this position that's like what a real friend would have done like yeah i'm not gonna lie to a grand jury for bill clinton and neither are you let's not he can clean up his own mess yeah and instead it's like oh sure monica uh, <laughs> record what do you want me to lie about tell me all the things you want me to lie to the grand jury about yeah it's really awful what she did it is, and yeah. especially at that point, the only person that really had Monica's best interest in mind was her mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when your mom gives you advice, <laughs> it comes with that grain of salt, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I read... never gives me good advice. <laughs> so even if your mom is giving you good advice, though, like, it's just, you're just like, oh, you're just saying that, or you don't understand, or right. whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm sure her mom has already told her... I mean, she even says to the grand jury, like, they were like, what, didn't your mom say... <laughs> you should break up with the president, this guy's fucked up. And she was like, yeah, of course she did. Did your mother ever discourage your relationship with the president? Oh, yes. Well, then what kept it going? I fell in love. I was in my feelings about it, but it was already too late at that point because she'd already been instructed by everybody not to talk about it. So, like, people like her trusted friend Kat from episode two couldn't even weigh in anymore. I feel like she would have had a lot of people that loved her and would have given her good advice, but she wasn't even talking to them about it at that point. Yeah. She was just in this horrible isolation tank filled with predators. Yeah. And she couldn't, yeah, she couldn't talk to anybody because they would be subpoenaed. And, yeah, I read that, Monica said that in an article I read, what kept me going was, like, my mom said, you will walk outside again, you know, you will meet people, and there are good people, and, yeah, the part where she's gonna go testify, and her mom's like, you have to walk out there, but he got to do this at home, and, like, it's so unfair, like, he... I mean, every, the stage is set for... We have a special guest Sorry. this week. We do it to Vengeance, if you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> it's Brutus this week. Brutus, friend this of the week, podcast. 13-year-old pug and friend of the pod, yeah. We'll have some BTS photos of Brutus because he's so cute, but he he's... is an old man with a hacking cough right now. Aww, he's very cute. And he can't be alone, so, you know, he's got to be here. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks everything that happened to Monica is fucked up, too. Yeah. Brutus would have told her, you don't need that guy. And <laughs> now he's quiet. <laughs> also, the construction across the street is still happening, so you might hear some whirring from time to time. Sorry. Uh, what else? <laughs> well, we did some hot probs. Does anyone have any other hot probs? I mean, I loved that the the grand jury was so supportive of her, but I kind of wonder if that actually was so... It did. I read about that today because I was so surprised by it. I did not even realize you could be so editorial on a grand jury with people that were like... You go, you know, I felt like it was yeah. like an overall audience almost. Oh, right. Like that one lady that's really judgmental. Uh-huh. We're asked to trust your version of events, but it seems you arrived in D.C. and sought out a uh, an affair based on deception and lies. Did you not believe that this was wrong? I did not want to have another affair with a married man because it was horrible. And I, I don't know why I did it again. I just know that I did it again. A lot of people think that that's wrong, and so do I. I know 
there's a lot of work I need to do on myself. I just feel I had to ask the question because a lot of us are confused. I'm no, not. not. I didn't need that cleared up. I got that. I totally understand what's going on here. Yeah. I, I know. I was watching. I was like, I loved that jury, like the part with Monica, but I was like, did that I really did, happen? Yeah. I did have to look that up because it was initially a hot prop. I was like, that just seems. I love the woman that's like, forget her. About <laughs> Linda Tripp. That was so great. But that was real. There was, I mean, a lot of those moments, like her saying, call me Monica. Miss Lewinsky. Uh, Can you, can you guys call me Monica? Are they they allowed to call me Monica? If you say so. Sure. I'm just 25, please. (laughs) But you'll be Miss Lewinsky whether you're 25 or 28 or... Not when I get married. (laughs) Like that whole exchange was all real. Her describing him, like, saying that he was sunshine. We would tell jokes, talk about our childhoods, current events. Sometimes we'd just, um, we'd just be affectionate. He'd push my hair out of my face. I think back on it and he always made me smile when I was with him. It was a lot of, a. Uh, Talking about him wistfully like an ex-boyfriend, you know, that she misses. And that whole exchange about, like, are you still in love with him? And not now that I know what kind. That was so mean when was like, do you still love the president? Monica, do you still love the president? The day they held me at the Ritz, they wanted me to turn on him. I said no. I, I did not want to do anything to let him get hurt. And then when this all came out, the, the people that worked for him, they trashed me. They claim that they haven't, but they call me a stalker. They call me a liar. They say I'm inappropriate. I mean, you all know. And then he makes this speech. All that he cares about is how unfair all of this has been to him. Mm. So to, sorry, to answer your question, um, Turns out he's not who I thought he was. That's so mean. <laughs> it is, but I'm glad that she got to answer yeah. the way she did. She did such a good job on this injury. It was apparently very realistic. And she did ask Emmick to go outside. And Star's team did have one female attorney that was literally just there for appearances and cases like this. She's excited to see the inside of a courtroom. You know, this is the first time Star's given me anything to do beyond secretarial work. Oh, he is old-fashioned. Look, Monica and I are familiar, but Star does have a point. It's better that a woman ask some of these questions. Was she really pregnant? I don't know about I that. wondered about that, too. Yeah. Like, it's kind of an interesting contrast. Yeah. Monica wanted to have kids, have a yeah. family, and she's being questioned by somebody who works for Ken Star, who's, like, pregnant and... Pregnant with a boy. Very significant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. (laughs) Just what you have to do. Like, what devils you have to work for to have what you want, basically. Because this woman's obviously sold her soul to work for these people, these horrible people. Yeah, and she's like, before this, I only had secretarial things to do. Like, Mm -hmm. for Ken Starr. Like, yeah, she'd never been inside a courtroom before. Yay, I got to do this, but... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right? (laughs) 
But she did it. I mean, she still did it. Yeah, so yeah. It was kind of reminded of bombshell of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for you, but you did choose to work here, and you had to know who these people are. Like, right. they had to show you every single day who they are. Yeah, although, to be fair, this is, like, a pretty singular experience. I don't know. I mean... But she wasn't allowed in a courtroom before that, and then Mike's like, oh, you know, how can it is about traditional yeah, gender roles yeah. or whatever. Right. <laughs> I mean, that office must have been just so toxic for her to work in, but she's yeah. like, this is what I want. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like in general it's like, you blame, like, the marginalized person for working at the toxic place, you know? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, I feel like a lot of industries, a lot of companies that hold the power it's all the same kind of structure yeah yeah i mean she definitely seemed like she had regrets about it in the scene i don't know how truthful all that is did he touch your breasts with his mouth yes did he touch your genital area i i know this is it's just um thinking about other people reading this i understand but I've been instructed to question you on these details. And I have to answer. Pursuant to the agreement you have with this office, yes. Do you understand? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're right that it's like, I mean, (laughs) I like her better than anybody else that works there, but it's still so fucked up to do that to another woman. And you can apologize, but you're still doing it. Yeah, you're still doing it. I'm sorry that I'm asking you to go into detail about this traumatic thing that happened to you and then making it traumatic i mean it actually wasn't traumatic for her at the time but it has become traumatic and to continue you know to be pouring salt in the wound and apologizing at the same time it's like the colin hanks mean all that much you know? yeah. the colin hanks character like he's sort of portrayed as like the nice guy but he's like you work for the fbi come on <laughs> you know like this is what they do. Right. <laughs> I mean, the whole side. idea of good cop, bad cop being like right. a double act where your good cop and bad cop are working together to manipulate yeah, the person. Yeah, you're still part of the operation. Like a good cop is still bad cop, actually. <laughs> <laughs> There's no good cop. Yeah. I did like, yeah, the one juror that was like, that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. It lasted about 12 hours in total. And they told me over and over that I was free to leave, but I didn't, I didn't understand because they also said they were prepared to indict me and I could spend up to 28 years in prison and that they would prosecute my mother if I didn't help them, you know? So I was uh, confused and- uh, Were you angry? (laughs) Yes, mostly at myself for ending up in this situation and for putting the president at risk. Uh, and, and for uh, doing this to my family. Monica, they set you in a trap. Mm-hmm. It's what they do. That was great. I'm like, how did she get on the jury? I feel like you would never get on a jury now saying something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like, well, then I'm going to excuse you. <laughs> well, like a grand jury is like a whole different thing now. Like It is. How do you get selected for that? I think it's just regular jury duty. I think my mom was mm. on a grand jury once. Wow. Um, she was the foreman. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. She, she was what? She was the foreman. Oh, yeah. like you she like voted into that position, right? Too. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, we should ask her about that. I think like it's just totally different because like grand jury, it's just to decide whether there's a case that can be tried or something. You know, like so. Yeah. So rules are just totally different from 
being on an actual yeah whether whether a crime has been committed and then in the end it's not guilty or not guilty it's like indictment if if there's a reason (laughs) he's so cute well, but the cat is here also, uh, and very I, I jealous. I saw you were talking to a dog. Oh, now Bubba's my best friend. <laughs> yep, I knew it. You do that every time, buddy. He loves me now that there was a dog that likes me. Oh, Bubba. But yeah, those fucking questions that everyone asked her about the specifics were yeah, so, so brutal. So gross. Which he was like, I want to hide under this table. This details each of your sexual encounters with President Clinton. To the best of your knowledge, is it all accurate? Yes, I, I want to hide under this table, but yes. Can you imagine being asked anything like that in front of a room full of strangers? Yeah, it's so violating. I mean, I guess it's just like an IRL hot prop about, what was that woman's name? Who was raped. Oh, Juanita? Yeah, and how Ken Starr is like, it's not relevant enough. Yeah. It's going to distract from the case. Was she offered something? No, no quid pro quo. She's saying she lied at first because she didn't want to be involved. She's had no contact with Clinton people since the 80s. Well, if he didn't pressure her, then it doesn't go to his criminality. Except for the raping. He he raped her. We can't be cluttering the report with all the various sexual experiences from his past. Yeah, there's only so much ink in the world, Saul. I just... Judge, read the 302. Read what he did. Perjury and obstruction of justice. Those are our grounds for impeachment, not some lady who changes her mind about what happened one night. But... Okay, so should we not put her in the report at all? It can be an appendix if you want. Put her in a footnote. When he was the one who sent them there in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what did he want her to say? Yeah, he's already got what he needs. Like, he doesn't need any more. So it's like, he doesn't care. That whole office was just full of fucking wolves, basically. Mm-hmm. Good old Brett Kavanaugh. Next call. Should we do meaningful passages, Sam? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got some. I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick, if you know what I mean. I loved the scene where they're talking about Marshalls and the tie, and it's like <laughs> just a transcript of the tape conversation yes. between yeah. Colin Hanks and the other lawyer, and you know, Marshalls, like sometimes you can really hit. Calvin Klein, it's gorgeous, Linda. Yeah, Marshalls generally, every now and then you can hit. And then, um, <laughs> and then later, um, when oh. Linda Tripp is testifying, when Monica said, I got the creep a tie. It was 20 bucks at Marshall's. You replied, oh, good. Well, I was being... That was more of a pro-Marshall's. Pro-Marshall's. I loved that. Yeah, that was so brutal that she... That they made her, again, another fucking act of brutalism that Ken Starr's office made her listen to every tape and initial it. With the token lady lawyer there as well. His name is Karen, which is kind of funny. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's such a Karen. I like people don't like people who tape their friends. Are you surprised that only one out of ten Americans view her favorably? No, not with how the White House and sundry sympathetic people have framed the discussion of Linda in such a negative way. Do you think it also might be that people don't like people who tape their friends? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
But Linda, here's the disconnect. Right. Like, in case you're still confused why you are not being hailed as a hero whistleblower. For real. And um, also when Monica says, and I hate Linda Tripp. <laughs> I guess I want to say that no one asked me to lie. And I was never promised a job for my silence. Mostly, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry for everything that happened. Linda Tripp. <laughs> I know that's right. Forget her. <sighs> what goes around comes around. Which she really said. They were like, any last words? She was like, yep. <laughs> when she said, I hate Linda Tripp, someone said in the grand jury, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the scene where Bill Clinton in the Oval Office calls Hillary and he thinks he's making this very apologetic trying to really ingratiate himself to hillary and he's like most men are so bored with their wives i take pity on those men 25 years you're the one opinion i give a shit about when most men of our age they they find their wives so dull they cringe when she talks to dinner i pity those men they don't have what i do you know, like, so he disgusting. really thinks that that's the kind of thing that she would love to hear. Just mm -hmm. misogynistic. Right. Women suck, but you don't. Right. Yeah. And I, and I know you don't. It's you know what I mean? like, you know you're something because I picked you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're not a woman. You're my wife. And I picked you. Or <laughs> Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Ew. Isn't that just, like, literally from that pickup artist book? <laughs> Oh, like the, making other women yeah, to, totally. as a way of yeah, or like ingratiating yourself. Yeah, making <laughs> trying to make another woman feel special by telling her most women suck or most women are dumb or right. most women aren't interesting, but you, you're yeah, interesting. Like that, That's so insulting. It's pretty gross. I wrote Monica's uh, when she was getting ready and she said she was going for not a deranged whore. <laughs> Because up until then, she really felt like that's how the world viewed her. Okay, no, really. How do I look? I'm going for not a deranged whore. Okay, what do you want me to say? I'm about to be questioned by 23 strangers. And whoever they are, I'm sure they already hate me. I'm really glad she did have that experience on the grand jury, at least. Yeah. It's just kind of a tiny bit of salve in this otherwise horrible, scathing experience. I love her explaining the dry cleaning. Yes! She's like, and now I feel like I'm talking a lot about dry cleaning. Why did you keep that stained black dress? It's a blue, blue dress. Blue. Answer the question, please. Well, I have a lot of clothes, and so I don't uh, usually dry clean things until I'm going to wear them again. Like, I don't know how you guys are, but you have clothes to dry clean, and you kind of keep them in your closet until you dry clean them all together when you need them. And now I feel like I'm talking about dry cleaning too much and the process around dry cleaning. Anyway, with that dress, I was going to wear it again. And when I told Linda that, she told me I looked heavy in it. Um, so I, I never ended up wearing it again. Ergo, I, n I never cleaned it. I really liked that because it's like, no, it's not a trophy it's not a trophy yeah it's it's like what is the realistic right what's the, the occam's razor of this <laughs> yeah exactly and i'm glad that she got to say that linda the thing about linda fat shaming her to keep her from wearing it again mm -hmm. like that she was gonna have it clean and wear it again right 
Like, she saw at that point how clearly manipulative Linda was being. And got to, like, bitch about it to the grand jury, which is great. I love it. (laughs) And I love that she got to do all that before Linda got up there. So that by the time Linda got up there, they were like, oh, we hate this bitch. Yeah. Oh, I wrote down documenting Monica, because that's how Linda tries to recharacterize taping her friend. Right. That's one moment, out of context. Oh, were you just trying to keep her talking? Because by then you were taping. I prefer to call it documenting. Mrs. Trent, when you chose to begin documenting Monica... I was documenting her. <laughs> Mike Emick, the Colin Hanks character, oh. they're both kind of going along with that rephrasing, but it was documenting her. I love the rotating of the waffle. Because it was like multiple times, you know, like she just has this throughout the whole show, even you see it with her office mate, you know, it's just like, no, this isn't how things, you know, like no one else can do it. You know, yeah. I'm the only one who knows how to do it. Right. And, these people just don't know how to flip a waffle. We use staples. Like, we flip the waffle maker. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then she like really forcefully flips it, and it's like it's like she's just like, that's how. It's... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's how. Like, she's the only sane person in her life. Like, you know? like who are these idiots who can't rotate a waffle? <laughs> yeah, with her standing there, like impatiently tapping her foot in the line. Like, nobody asked you to to rotate their waffle for them, you know? No. Like, she's expecting people to be like, oh, thank God you right. did this. This is, like, always her expectation. Right? <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. But she's so confrontational about it. Like, it'd be one thing if someone was like, oh, you have to turn it. Yeah. You know, just like a nice right. way of saying you have to turn it instead of like, you have to turn it. Rotate it. Yeah, I thought that was a good, like, character. It just matches up with every other aspect of Linda. It's like, and thank God I did that. Or, you know, like. (laughs) I'm the hero. Hero again. (laughs) Saving the day. No one appreciates me. I loved how Paula's talking with her lawyer. She's, like, about to go under with the nose job. And she's like, is he still in a funk about losing his job? Gosh, yes, he's blaming my case and says the airline fired him because of pressure from Clinton, but Susie, he wouldn't work the hours that they wanted him to. I think that's all that it is. Well, did you tell him that? He won't listen to me. He thinks it's because of the Clintons, but he wouldn't work the hours that they wanted him to. I think that's all that it is. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, starting to see Steve for what he is. Oh my god, he's so bad. I know real life Paula was like... It's not great. It's not great, but uh, Annalie Ashford's Paula is just the her. sweetest lady. Yeah. I'm just glad people stop making fun of my big old awful nose. And then Susan's such a sliz. <laughs> yeah. Susan? Susan, uh... Her, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Susan Carpenter McMillan. <laughs> Judith Light is so great in those kinds of roles. Yeah. I thought she was great in that. Yeah, she's really perfect for that. What else does a suicide need, huh? Now, if you'll excuse me. Okay, are we ready for a lunchtime poll then? So this is what's called a lunchtime poll. So the lunchtime poll question is, who would you want to grill IRL grand jury style? (laughs) (laughs) Did I do that right? Okay. I feel like grand jury could, could get to, like, ask the... Um... 
So I had a couple options, but I think my number one that I would like to have in this situation would be Elon Musk. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Because one, I hate him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and two, like, he's so thin-skinned and so dumb, you know? I, I almost feel like he's like a larger-than-life cucumber dad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's not at all like who he thinks he is, and he's also, he's like, it's so easy to rattle him, you know, oh, yeah. so, and I hate him so bad, so, yeah, I feel like that would be really fun to be in that kind of position with Elon Musk. Absolutely. I like that. <laughs> and anytime anyone criticizes him, he's like, I'm on the spectrum. <laughs> right. Or also, Oh, that's, like, I can see that's clearly hampered your life. Right! <laughs> like, or like, I'm rich, you know, I'm yeah. the richest person in the world, so obviously I'm smart. Or like, all the Elon Musk fanboys, that's us, it's like, uh. Uh, okay, he's a richest person. It's like whatever. Like you're, he's rich from like fucking apartheid diamonds or some bullshit. Like mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, every yeah. step of the way, it's like some terrible thing. It's he's like, not a self-made like, man. Yeah, his family <laughs> money is from like the worst way. It could be. It's like white people who left South Africa after apartheid. You know, like it's not good here anymore. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty questionable. On itself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a very good answer. I would be questioning Anderson Cooper in in support of Kathy Griffin. I just love Kathy Griffin. I feel like she's been screwed over so much. And when that photo happened, the infamous photo of decapitated Donald Trump, she got death threats, but also her career was just put to a stop. And Anderson Cooper was like a good friend of hers who just totally turned on her and Andy Cohen too. But like she was doing the New Year's Eve show with him like for years. And I just can't forgive him for that. I don't know. (laughs) That's what I would want to question him about that. And then he was like on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen and she was brought up and he's like, oh no, we're still friends and I think she's going to be fine. And <laughs> he had not reached out to her at I all. Think she's going to be And annoying. like that, I mean, like in the press conference where she was asked about Anderson Cooper and you can see her face, like she starts to cry when somebody asks her about him. And I used to love Anderson Cooper and like he just sold her out so fast. Absolutely. You know? But anyways, that would be mine. Not that I hate Anderson Cooper. I, I, I used to love him. No, I have never loved him, but I especially don't love him now. You know, as I feel like he's someone who tries to pass himself off as like, you know, it's like you're literally a Vanderbilt, you know, like it's from like right. a wealthy family. In middle school, there was a kids news station, Channel One. I don't know if you had that in your school, but <laughs> it was like played in homeroom and he was one of the correspondents and what? Yeah. And Lisa Ling was a <laughs> news person there too. And Kathy Cronenberger, who I don't know what happened to her, but yeah, Lisa I Ling and news? Anderson. <laughs> yeah, it was called Channel One. Do you not know about that? And it was through the 90s. We watched it in homeroom, what like kind in of middle news school. Was and it? it was like world news. It was. But yeah. That was like how I knew him. The Kathy Griffin thing, I just love her. I didn't always like love her comedy or find it particularly, I don't know, but I just love her. Like she's just so. I really liked her show, that like on the G list. Yes, show, that was good too. Yeah. Yeah, justice for Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. 
Kind of what your answer is brought to mind is Joss Whedon. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. But I don't know that he would. I mean, he's one of those people that also sees things in such a skewed way (laughs) that I don't know that his quote-unquote truthful answers would be satisfying in any way, but but maybe they would. I don't know. Maybe it would just be nice to be able to grill him because he was somebody that I really did look up to and saw as kind of a hero in media for a long time, putting women's stories on television, and it was just such insidiousness going on behind it, and he traumatized some people that I really love and was responsible for a lot of horribleness. His work used to mean a lot to me, and now I can't really go back there because it's so tainted. Even though there were so many people who were not him that were involved in creating it. And that feels like a loss. But nothing like the loss of the women that worked for him that he abused and I guess even men now. Not that he was on that whole Avengers. Or no, it wasn't the Avengers. It was, what was it? The Justice League. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> like, you are heavy and If you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid in Puke Seattle, and on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.